Cedar Rapids Music Scene Podcast. How are you? This is Mike Schulte. Um, it's a little unorthodox this week. We got our first online interview, I guess, not in person. Felt a little weird uh, not being able to sit face-to-face with somebody, especially somebody I have never met in my life, but I think it turned out really great. It was an absolute pleasure to meet Steve Witchell, who is the founder of uh, Cover Band Central, a pretty popular Facebook page. And I think we kind of pulled back the veil a little bit and got to know um, where he comes from and and why he does what he does. And he's got some pretty amazing uh, things to say, I think, that can really help a lot of you out and a lot of things to offer. So I hope you guys really enjoy this one, and uh, we will talk with you soon. Yeah. Well, my my friend, my new brand new friend, Steve Witchell. Is that how you pronounce your name? You got it, Steve Witchell. You are uh, the proud guest of episode number twenty five of the Cedar Rapids Music Scene podcast. Uh, do you know where Cedar Rapids is? Have you ever been here before? I don't think so. I've been in Iowa, or at least through Iowa, but I, I don't re- recall ever being there but i've been around the country uh, several times so it's it's possible <laughs> it's it's very possible you probably drove through this place yeah. at one point right <laughs> i may have even played there to tell you the truth but i just don't i don't remember i've been on tour a couple times so i don't remember all of the cities kind of a, it's I, kind of a blur. I, I totally hear you man well for, for those of you uh listening steve um is I guess essentially the brains behind uh, the page that you all know and love, Cover Band Central on Facebook. Um, are you the creator of that? I am. How how did that even how did that even come about? How did you decide to kind of start that page? Uh, well, since we're doing a podcast here, I can tell you the whole story. It's oh yeah, you go, you dive in, man. <laughs> um, I I I'm from New Jersey originally, and I moved to New Orleans in 2010. And came here specifically to play in bands. I, I heard that there was going to be an opportunity um, coming up, or, or possible opportunity. And I took a shot, and I came down, and I ended up getting work. And worked for a few years, uh, pretty steadily, uh, five nights a week, six nights a week. And, wow. Uh, yeah, and we were, uh, <clears throat> uh, we were playing at a club, and it closed. And um, I ended up being out of work, and... Uh, I was subbing here and there, but my mother was living in Mobile, Alabama at the time, which is about two hours east of New Orleans. And I decided, well, you know, I didn't have a, a mortgage or a, a lease or anything where I was staying. I could just pick up and go. So I decided, all right, well, work is dried up for now. I'm going to go just hang with mom for a while. And it turned out that she she was starting, her health was starting to decline. And the timing was actually really perfect she just was kind of sitting around hurting and she's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And then all of a sudden I walked in the door. So, uh, so I lived there for about a year and I I was playing, I was playing in a band in mobile. I I answered an ad and I went out and and started playing with this band of young, younger guys and, uh, got gigs here and there with that. And then I was coming back to New Orleans occasionally to sub, but for the most part, I was just staying with her at, at her house. And I had a whole lot of time on my hands. And uh, I've always liked to write, uh, I, I, you know, and I fancy myself a pretty good writer. You mean like, like not, not writing music, cre- kind of creative writing, like with words and things like Correct. that? Um, and I had been thinking for a while while I was in New Orleans playing that I really want to write this, uh, this, these tips down that I've kind of learned. I, I kind of just realized it while I was on stage. I was like, you know, how did I get to this point where I was able right. to play full-time, get paid really well, play for, you know, in one of the greatest music cities in the world in front of these big crowds. Like, what did I do right? You know, so I started thinking about that a lot. And I was like, when I was playing, I was like thinking about that, like, I really need to write this stuff down. So when I had this time on my hands in Mobile, I was like, you know, I'm going to write, I'm going to do that. I'm going to write an article about like the tips that I think were were the most vital things that I learned to get to that point. So I wrote that article and then I, I shared it on Facebook just with my friends and stuff. And I, I got really good response. And a lot of my friends are musicians too. So I got a lot of really good responses. Oh, from so it was right up their alley. Yeah. 
So I got a lot of really good feedback from that article. And I was like, boy, you know, I really like this. And I really have some more ideas about, you know, other things I can write about. But I want to find this audience. I want to find the right audience to share this with. So I started searching on, you know, on Facebook, on the Internet, everywhere. Like, where, where, where are all the people that play in cover bands? Where, where are they located on the Internet? So I, I, you know, did all the keyword searches, looked on Facebook, and I couldn't find anything. And I was really? like, well, uh, I was inspired by um, Jack Canfield, who's the co-creator of Chicken Soup for the Soul. And he said once that, you know, if you're looking for a book to write or a book to read and you can't find any topic, you know, any book on that topic, that means you were meant to write it. So oh, I kind of wow. applied this idea of like, I'm looking for this home for cover bands and it's not there. So that means I was in, I was intended to create it. So I, I made... Um, the first thing I did was I made the group on Facebook. Okay. And, and I started inviting my friends to that group. And, um, you know, it started growing very slowly. And then after a while, I was like, this isn't really, like, this is okay, but this isn't really the the, uh, the venue that I need to share my articles. So I, I looked into pages on Facebook. I was like, all right, well, I'm going to create a page under the same name, Cover Band Central. So I made the page, and then I started growing that and sharing content on that and that started to grow much quicker and bigger than the group did so um so that was the beginning of that yeah and and then you turned it into the because you have a website as well right is that was yes. that kind of secondary to the facebook page yeah the website has only been up for i think it was no no um uh, last year when did we launch it uh august or september of last year we launched the website so that's only been up for six months or so. Well, it's interesting that you that you tell that story because <clears throat> that's sort of that's sort of what happened to me with this uh, Cedar Rapids music scene side is that I've I, I felt the same way. I felt lucky that I had kind of been to a a level that I ne necessarily never thought I could get to, and I felt like had I been in this position. Um, you know, five years ago, and there was someone that was doing good things that said, Hey, I want to, I want to tell you about some stuff. I want to tell you how you could be better and, and maybe how you can get these gigs. I would have been all over it. So I, I, it was sort of the same way. I just, I wanted to share the information and the, the, just the things I've learned to other people. And, and I, I almost wonder if, if anyone initially, when you started this, were, did anyone kind of question your motives? Were they like, why are, why are you doing this? Why are you, wanting to share these things with, with us. Was that ever something that anybody kind of asked you about? No, 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 nobody ever really questioned my motives. If anything, I was getting support from people. Um, oh, awesome. who were like, uh, yeah, this is a pretty cool idea. Yeah. It was, it was very, <clears throat> it really felt very organic the way it, it grew in the beginning, especially. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I got people in, I, I would say rather quickly, I got people in that I knew that were musicians that were like, yeah, this is great. Like, let me try to do something to help you. Like a, a guy I know, this drummer from Jersey, uh, who I've known since I was a kid, um, created the first uh, uh, header uh, graphic for, for oh, the nice. page and, and for the group. He, you know, he's an artist and he drew this up. He's, he's like, he, he asked me first, he's like, do you want me to create one? I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? And he sent me something like it was really cool and he sent me that i was like this is great dude thank you so much and so i i used that for the first few years i used that was my header um it's no longer that but um but then yeah like gradually uh, i had people stepping up that were friends of mine that were wanted to contribute a little bit or were just you know cheering me on um and then i mean i had this big vision for it from the beginning and i still do and it's the, my vision is still bigger than what I've achieved. Um, and I just felt like in the beginning, beginning, like, you know, of course, this is something that I can do. Of course, this is something that's needed. And, um, you know, I have stayed the course for, you know, for five years. Is now. that about how long you've had that thing going? Five years? Uh, five, uh, a little over five years. I, the group I started, I think it was June of 2013. So it's almost six years. Wow. Yeah. You're getting up on six here now. Yeah. When did you, when did you realize that it was, I mean, cause man, you're at, you're at 125,000 Facebook members. Last time I checked on that cover band central page, when did you realize that it was starting to actually become a little bigger than, than what it was in the beginning? Um, 
I think once I started like seeing steady growth, you know, pretty early on, I, when I, I was seeing steady growth, I, I really got into it. You know, again, I, I had a whole lot of time on my hands, so I was like, you know, I, I made it a project for myself, and um, I did a lot of research and, and studying and learning about Facebook pages and how how to effectively grow them. And I I went through a lot of trial and error with things like that, um, but. I settled into a good routine, a good schedule, a posting schedule that I felt worked after, you know, trying a couple different ways. And I started to see the steady growth. So once I started to hit what I considered milestone numbers, like 1,000 and then 2,000 and then 5,000, that's when I was kind of like, all right, this is working. And and I was just very enthusiastic about it and getting ideas and, and other things I could do for it. And and celebrating each time I sort of hit a milestone number. How was it when you hit that hundred thousand? I bet that was pretty special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, uh, you know, I always take screenshots when I hit those numbers too. So <laughs> you have to, <laughs> and, and I celebrate it. Um, and and that was a big one. Yeah, getting the six figures that meant a lot to me. So, well, that's. I mean, not many, not many pages, not many bands can even boast to have those kind of numbers. So I think you. I think you definitely hit it on the head with something that was needed because I, I and actually, I, I guess I'll go back here. Have you all, are, are you currently playing music right now? Are, are you in, in bands at this point? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I play full time still. Who are you playing with right now? Uh, I play in a band called, we, we call the Almighty Remedy Band. I play at the Swamp on Bourbon Street in New Orleans. It's 516 Bourbon Street. And I play, I always play three nights a week. Some weeks I play four, some weeks I play five. Um, but I've been at that gig for about five years. So, uh, what, what instrument are you playing I in play that bass. band? And I, bass. I play bass and I sing too, yeah. So, th- I, I take it this is a cover band, correct? Yes. That you play in? <laughs> yes. yes. Have, you, have you always played in cover bands or did you kind of go through that normal? You know, it seems everybody we talk to on this podcast goes through that that arc where they go, I'm learning how to play music. I want to cover. I want to emulate my favorite artists, my favorite bands. Now I want to write music. I want to be an original band. I want to try to, quote, make it. And then it seems to be this natural progression where people kind of come back to covers a little later on in their life. Is that something that happened to you? I, I You know, I think it's just the generation thing. Um, and, um, yeah, when I first started, I started playing covers, and then I was playing in original bands. And uh, I'm not much of a songwriter. I've I've tried it before, and I can you know I I know the mechanics of it, but I, I just it's just not my forte. But I've been in bands where I've contributed to um, arrangements and things like that. But I've I've right. played in some original bands which have done very well at, or pretty well anyway. Um, and and so I've done both. I've and but I've played in whether I was a full-time member or a sub in, in about 40 different cover bands. Oh, wow. Yeah. When did you actually start playing? I was 15. Um, 15. Yeah. I was, uh, I got a bass and uh, the way I got a bit, I, I was hanging out with, uh, I had a couple of friends and, uh, they were like my best friends. We hung out all the time and one of them played drums and he had, had, had drums for about a year. And then the other guy got a guitar and then they started hanging out and jamming together. I was like, yeah, these are my friends. I want to be part of this. And my drummer was like, well, the drummer was like, well, get a bass. And I was like, all right, mom, I want a bass. <laughs> I want a bass now. <laughs> I, well, she said, you got to get all B's in your next marketing period and you got to get a job and, and I'll pay for half. And I was like, okay. So I did that. And I, as soon as I started playing bass, I started jamming with them and, you know, just playing our favorite songs, trying to anyway. And, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like a band band, but it was like, we were just jamming. And, but I also started taking private lessons at the same time and took music theory in high school. Oh, wow. So I was getting this education from all these three sides of, of, you know, the theory part of it, that the technique part of it with, with the lessons and then the learning how to play with other people. Oh yeah. You know, right from the get go. That was, that was something that I did. So I, you know, and I was just like, yeah, I'm a bass player. You know, I'm 15 years old. I had that bravado, you know, that, the, you know, the 80s bravado. <laughs> and I was like, uh, you know, so I just started learning songs and jamming as much as, and then, you know, talking to other friends from school and from town and, and within, I mean, even before a year of playing bass, I was playing, 
gigs. I was playing in a band and playing shows. I mean, you, you is it safe to say you pretty much knew this is this is what I want to try to do with my life yeah. at, at a young age, right? Yeah. I, not everybody agreed. <laughs> well, no, that, I don't think they do because I think it's such a it's such a messed up. Like, oh yeah, I'm 15 and I'm totally going to be a musician for the rest of my life. I mean, like even that, even looking back on it, it's kind of like, well, no, of course that's not going to happen. But you know, I think I'm lucky enough, and I'm sure you are. You're you're a full time musician, right? Yes, it's pretty it's pretty amazing, and and maybe you can touch on this that that notion of when you're younger, probably when you were 15, that notion of of being a a musician as a career um, was probably making it big in quotation marks and being in an original band, and it's it's just really refreshing. Um, I know tons of people that are full time musicians. You, I'm sure, do. You're obviously one to to see that it doesn't have to be that, and that it can be this playing cover music can make a career out of music for, for you as a musician. It's, it's just a, it's a weird thing that I never thought, um, I never thought of when I was younger, you know, I never thought that was an option. Yeah, me neither. I, I, I didn't foresee this future for me either. I, I mean, yeah, you hit it right on the head there. I, I wanted to be a rock star. You know, I, I was, when I started playing, it was the eighties and it was, uh, it was, uh, I, uh, the bands I was into were like Zeppelin, Motley Crue, Van Halen, The Who, Rush, and uh, you know, and and it when it got into more the later '80s, it was just all about the show and all about being a rock star and party animal and blah blah blah. And I was, you know, basically coming of age at that point, and uh, and that's what I wanted, and that was the dream that I I chased. For, well, that's what they pushed. That's what they pushed on you. You know, it's like here you're going to be a rock star. This is what it's going to be like. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I mean, but it was, it was, it wasn't just about the partying thing. It was really about the music too, because I, I considered myself a pretty good musician and I, and I, um, I surrounded myself with people that I thought were better than me, um, as far as being musicians and people that were really, really talented, especially in hindsight, but I knew it at the time too. And I got to, I got to pretty decent level in that in that original arena in in the late 80s early 90s time um i played some really good gigs i i was you know this close to to the oh, right to the making it big uh thing and um I, you know it was a great time it was a lot of fun and uh and but yeah i, I never for i never looked beyond that so once that kind of all crashed and burned i mean i still did other original things after that, yeah, I did a record with my buddy Jeff, um, and it's still, I think that record still holds up pretty well. Um, but then I started getting to the cover thing, and that's when the cover thing started to really kind of take off where I was living in, in Jersey, in North Jersey, and just all of New Jersey. And um, so I started doing it too. And, uh, um, you know, I mean, even moving to New Orleans, I wouldn't have foresaw me starting this whole cover band central thing that just happened, you know, as I explained. Well, you probably thought like I did. I mean, I, my story was I was in the original band. I, I toured around, I was coast to coast and, you know, thought I was going to make it quote unquote. Um, and then when it ended, I just assumed that, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to be an adult now. My drums can go into storage and I will never play them ever again. Maybe when I have kids, I'll show it off and be like, look, I got drums, but that, that, it was just a real moment in my head just going, well, I'm, I'm not playing music anymore. And it was the cover. It was a friend coming to me going, let's, let's just get together. Let's just play. Let's just put some music together and, and play in a couple of bars. I mean, it was that moment that essentially just brought me back out of that and said, dude, you can still play music. And I mean, I didn't think at that point that I could get where I am now just playing some covers. I'm, I'm sure it was probably similar to you, right? I mean, you just said, well, let's just get together, play some music. I mean, you didn't think you, you could have never foreseen um, gigging in new Orleans on a, on a steady basis in creating this website. Could you? No, absolutely not. It's not something I ever considered. Um, but, uh, but I never stopped either. I never stopped playing. I've, I've never totally. stopped being in bands or, or wanting to play just wanting to jam. I've never, never stopped in 30 i mean i've been playing for 35 years now I've, and i've never stopped uh, and i've had real jobs um you know good ones too 
But while I had those real jobs, I was still gigging on the weekend or doing a steady Thursday night somewhere in some bar. You know, I was, I've always been playing. I've never stopped. So I got to ask you this, man, this is what our, this is what our, you know, we, we live in a little bubble, I guess, in, in Iowa here. And we, we, we're, we're Cedar Rapids. We're extending beyond that. But what the cool thing about getting you on this podcast, I think for, for myself and for everybody else is to, 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 you know, bat that curiosity of, of, is, is every scene the same, just, just in a different state, in a different city. And so what our big issue around here is that we have this, we really have this sort of divisive world between cover bands and original bands. And we're not sure if it's just, you know, beating a dead horse and it's just some weird, like four guys are the ones that are mad and it just seems to seep into everything else. Or if there really is this kind of, screw you for playing covers from the original band world. Do you, do you experience that not only in new Orleans, but just seeing that on your page much at all? Yeah, I definitely. And that was really one of my motivations for starting CBC too, was that there was this idea out there from people who play originals, like, yeah, cover bands suck because you're not writing your own <laughs> music. And, and to me it was like, wait, what's the difference? You're playing music either way. and and I really wanted to dispel that idea that there's there's something better about being an original. Like I wanted to really elevate the cover band musician. I still do. I still think we have a long way to go to to show the to to be respected in the music community just as much as somebody who writes their own stuff or, or performs original songs. Because most people out there that are playing original songs didn't write the song. You know, that the days of, of uh, Jagger and Richards and Plant and Page and, uh, you know, Townsend and Daltrey and, and, uh, and Lennon and McCartney, those days are gone, man. I, I mean, that just doesn't happen anymore. It, like, you get some artists, like your Bruno Mars out there, who is active in, in, in songwriting, who is also a performer, but you look at some of the top records out there that that have been on the charts for the last ten years, and they didn't. You know, so a lot of them didn't have anything to do with writing the songs. It's very so, true. So, what's the difference? Like you're you're out there playing a song, singing a song, playing or, or playing an instrument on a song that you didn't write. It's a cover, and that's, right? <laughs> that's exactly the same as a cover band. You're out there playing songs that you didn't write. So what's the difference? You know, I mean, I understand that a lot of these artists, the original artists, they made the original recording. So that to 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 the music community at large, that's like, OK, that's the original because they recorded it originally, right. regardless of who wrote it. But but from a, a musician musician standpoint, there's really no difference in the approach. You learn the song the way it was written and you perform it to the best of your ability. And, there, and, you know, from a working musician standpoint, there is absolutely no difference. So yeah, I, I yeah. really I, I really have tr tried to set out to 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 show the, the music community and the music fans out there that that is the case, you know, that that to be a really successful cover band musician, you have to be just as talented. And you have there's a lot of skills that are involved. There's a lot of, uh, of knowledge that you need. And and it's it's it should be lauded just as much as anybody who's a, an original artist. Oh, I, I couldn't I couldn't agree more. And and it, what's what's really crazy here, and and you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, it sounds like you're telling me that in your local market, um, your local area, that are original bands viewed by the public as being better than cover bands, or are you talking about musicians viewing? original bands as being better than cover bands. Yeah, I mean I'm I'm really kind of talking about musicians, but in my in New Orleans it's really not an issue. It's not cuz music uh, I I would say most I, if not all of music that's played in the French Quarter is covers. You know, nobody's right, coming right, in there playing right. originals. Um outside of the city, sure. But there's there's not a really big original music scene here and there isn't where I'm from, uh, from New Jersey, um, there isn't really, and I don't know, I don't know around the world if there really is a big original music scene anywhere. Um, but, but yeah, it's not an issue here as far as that's concerned. Um, 
I'm just talking you know, from a musician standpoint, right, right? How musicians view playing covers versus playing originals. Well, did, did you ever look at it that way? Because I know I and I feel I'll admit it all day long, and I feel terrible about it. But back when I was in an original band, I I looked way down on cover bands. I'm like that. I can't believe these guys have a big crowd and I can't believe they have a big following. All they're doing is just covering songs. Like, I, I mean, I'm totally guilty of saying that back in the day. Uh, did, were you like that at all? No, no, never. Uh, um, because first and foremost, Mike, I'm, I'm a music fan before totally. anything else, you know, before being a musician, I'm a fan of music itself. And I remember one of the things that really inspired me, I remember before even playing, being a musician was just, going to see like going to like uh, like my cousin's uh wedding reception and there was a band there and they were playing covers and i was just like i was completely captivated with the whole idea of just a live band playing songs that i know like it was just it blew my mind it was amazing yeah and then there was this band uh, and i was probably like 13 14 years old and there was this band there was like they had this uh a street closed off to my town and they had a skate-a-thon and it was like for uh, muscular dystrophy, I think, um, raising money for that. And people went on the roller skates on the street and they had a band set up playing. And I went and I just sat in the front, you know, with my legs crossed, just sitting on the ground, right in the front, front center, watching them set up, you know, and just like ca- completely in awe, captivated with every single thing that was going on. Like they're plugging the cord in here and they're doing <laughs> taking this thing down there and just just blown away by it just like and and then they started playing and they were playing songs that i knew and that i was into it like I, that was when i started getting into into metal you know i was into oh, like judas, totally. judas priest and iron maiden and, and and van halen and they were playing all those songs i was like this is the best thing i've ever experienced in my life i wish i could do that you know so um so no i never looked down on cover bands and um you know the the first band I played in, we played covers. The second band I played in, we played covers, and then right. and and then I went on to originals. But then, but but then over the years, I had other friends that were playing in cover bands that were killing it, and I was like, I was just again had utmost respect for it, in awe of how people could do that, like and and uh, do it really well, and draw these big crowds. And I would go; it would be a big social event, and uh, so yeah, I never looked at it. it it's an art form and I'm, I'm really proud that you felt that way. Cause you know, I, I do actually feel pretty bad about, about things that I <laughs> felt. Feel bad, that Mike, I, said it's back okay. I know. I mean, like, tell me that it's okay. I'm, I'm it's wiping okay, a tear from my face right now. <laughs> because you're, you've come around. So it's all good. But well, yeah. And, and here's the thing. I, the thing that I didn't know back then is that like, it's still really hard. It's not just a plug and play thing. It's still really hard to like, pick the songs, write the set list, learn the parts, make sure you're doing it well. Like I, you just assumed, Oh, they're basically just DJing. It's like, no, it's still pretty hard to learn these songs and, and make sure people like it. And I, that's the one thing I don't think that I realized back then, but now I'm, I'm like, Oh yeah, I get it. I totally understand. <laughs> you know, there's definitely an art to it. Sure. For sure. When, when you're playing stuff and, and even just everybody down there, in general, are, are you kind of a true to form guy? Like, like we want to nail this note for note, or do you kind of take some liberties with your songs? I take liberties. Uh, um, I wrote a whole article about this. Um, should you play a song exactly as it was recorded or should you make it your own? And that, that topic comes up a lot. What's your thoughts on that? My thoughts are, um, first of all, there's absolutely no way that you can exactly replicate a recorded song. Very true. Very true. There are going to be nuances and subtleties that you cannot replicate because playing in the studio is a different animal than playing live. And even the bands that have recorded those songs, when they play live, they play them a little different. Totally. Yeah. So that being said, I think that you need to honor certain aspects of a song, honor the lyrics, honor the melody, honor the signature parts if there's a signature yes, guitar 100%. lick a signature guitar solo it's, you know the, the parts that people expect to hear um and now that being said i think i think that you well i think that you need to learn the song right first learn it right first before you could do anything and then 
once you've learned it right, then now you can make it a little bit your own. You can say, oh, I'd rather put this little, you know, this pickup here or this note here or, or, or whatever. I mean, it just, for me, it happens organically because I play so often and I play the same oh, song totally. so often. So they've, they've evolved into my version of that song. Um, but still my version of that song to the listener will still be uh, uh, honoring the original recording. So, I mean, but you can make drastic changes too. And people have done that very successfully where you could take a song that's slow and, you know, do it double time or take a song that's fast and do it half time or, totally. or, or put in your own clever lyrics or, 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 uh, you know, put in some different harmonies or, I mean, there's, there's a ton of things that you can and will do when you play songs often. So, um, what frustrates frustrates me is the people that are too lazy to learn the song right. <laughs> there you go. That's what I was waiting for. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're too lazy to learn the song right, and and just go and try to do their own thing because they were too freaking lazy to learn the song. Yeah, or this part's too hard. Let's just skip yeah. that part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so that that bothers me, and that's like that's just a cop out. They're, when they're saying like, well, I'm just making it my own. No, you were too freaking lazy to learn it. That's the truth. That is the truth right there. Do you guys in your community, do you see a lot of support from other musicians uh, coming to your shows when they, when they have a night off? Yes. Well, not, not so much a night off. I mean, that happens occasionally, but the people that I know that work down here work often. Um, so, and we work, in, you know, Bourbon Street, we work in this concentrated area where there's a lot oh, yeah. of clubs and we all kind of know each other. Um, so uh, so often, you know, a, a, a musician that we know from another club will pop in and watch us for a song or, or, or stop in after they're done and hang out and have a drink with us or, or vice versa. You know, I, 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 I go and visit the clubs of, you know, where there's bands that I, uh, that I know the people that are playing. Um, often I do that often and, and get up and I jam, you know, a song or two with those oh, bands yeah. and, uh, you know, other players come and do that with us too. It's, it's really a, a wonderful community of musicians here where, where there is no competition mindset. Cause oh, that's great. Yeah. Cause we're all, we're all working together for the same kind of purpose. And we all know that it's unspoken knowledge and, um, we feel we, we're, we're, we treat each other like family here. And it's, um, I, I felt that from the get-go when I first got here. I was embraced as a family member. And um, it's really nice to have that. There's no ego type of competition going on. We're all trying to do the same thing for the same purpose. So um, that's, even that's, yeah, even though we're, we're kind of fighting for the same crowd, it's, it's not, it doesn't feel that way. It's never, it's never approached that way. Anyway. You're, you're happy if another band or musician gets a, really great gig or get some recognition or something like that. Oh uh, yeah. 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 It's celebrated here. People well, like that, to celebrate the, in New Orleans. <laughs> oh yeah. Right. <laughs> they celebrate well, that, everything. That's the one. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, man. I just said they celebrate everything here. in New Orleans. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's cause for a drink. Shall we? <laughs> yes. Right. Well, the one thing, the one thing we're fighting here in our area is that there's not really, there's not really a value on entertainment right now. We're, we're struggling to get, the general public to, to value bands and value musicians and want to pay money to come in and see them. And so what the focus of this page has been is to, is to let's band the musicians and the bands together as a family. Let's support each other and show that it's cool and it's good to get to shows. And then that is starting to stem out into the general public so it's great to hear that your community is very similar in that aspect of, hey, like we're, we're all fighting for the same goal here. We want people to come to our shows and value it. We, it starts with us. We can't be fighting with each other and we can't be hating on other bands because that's that's going to spread into the general public. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to do that. Do you and, and, and to, to piggyback off of that, the problem being now is we're having trouble we, there used to be a cover charge everywhere around town. I'm talking five, six, seven, eight years ago. A few bars started, and I'm talking the bars that also have a dinner crowd, right? You know, so it's hard to charge people that are there at six o'clock eating dinner. It's hard to charge them cover around eight, nine o'clock because they've already been there. Um, we we went away from the cover charge, and now we're having a really, really hard time getting back towards it. Um, how, how is it? How is it for you down in New Orleans? How is it? 
for other cities in the in the U.S. that you've spoken with with other musicians? What are you noticing about a cover charge right now? Wow, um, I really want to dig into to your situation, um, but I, I mean, I'll answer your question. But I, I want to dig into that. But um, New Orleans, it, I, I, there's no cover charge for anything um, in in the French Quarter uh, to go see bands. You don't have to pay a cover. Um, walk in. Yeah, it's just walk in, which is another reason that there's. Um, I mean, there's a lot to say about it, but people in New Orleans can walk in and out with with drinks. Oh, you can walk true. out. You can walk out on the street with your drink, and um, you don't have to pay a cover charge. So it's it's really vital that you you once you get people in the room that you do whatever you can to keep them in there, um, because they can just walk out and walk down you know ten paces to an, another club where there's another band playing, and they can do the same thing. Um, but I mean, gosh. It, it's been it's been a while since I've really been in a situation where there were coverage. I mean, when I was playing in Mobile, I guess I was playing downtown Mobile, and those clubs had a cover, right? Um, but that was a that was a pretty hopping music scene. It was like a, a mini Bourbon Street, same oh wow, same kind of deal where you could walk out in the street with your drinks. But I think you did have to pay a cover there. Um, so, I mean, I don't really know what people have talked about on the group, but that's a good topic to talk about. That's a good one to bring up. I wonder, yeah, I wonder if you bring that up on your page about it, about, you know, who's, who's seen is a hundred percent cover charge, who's seen is a hundred percent not cover charge because we're, you know, you're in a place where it's, it's pretty much a guaranteed party, right? I mean, most of the year there's, it's tourism and it's everything and, and you're always probably going to have a good crowd, but here we struggle we struggle with the money aspect because the bars, the bars are having to pay bands out of their pocket with, without a guaranteed crowd. And, and that's where it just bands. And I'm, I'm sort of going against the musician side here going, well, if you can't bring people into this bar, then why, why are you expecting a guaranteed pay? I mean, I know you got up there and I know you brought your equipment and you rehearsed and everything, but man, the, the bar's going to shut down if they're, if they're paying you, this money every time and nobody's coming in their bar. So that's really, that's really why we were struggling with trying to get the general public to support live music more is to just put more money into these bars that are paying the bands to play there. And so it's, it's a weird dynamic right now and we're trying to figure it out. All right. So the venues that you're, that you have around C are you playing generally in Cedar Rapids or, or the, the, the area? close by yeah so so myself and just to just to let you know i mean i'm only in in cedar rapids maybe two three times a year and we're we're doing specialized venues and we're ticket prices and in theaters and things like that so I, i'm not saying it necessarily by myself but i was there three four years ago and the majority of our listeners of this podcast are you know there's there's four five six bars that are that are not necessarily music venues but they are you know, and, and that's where everybody plays around here. And it's every bar wants live music. Cause that's a cool, great thing at the end of the evening, you know, come out, have some drinks, listen to live music, but they're, they're not necessarily set up like a live music venue. I think that's part of the issue. So, but are there any bands there that are, that are killing it, that are playing often that everybody goes to see that are, are there any bands like that? There, there are a few. Um, what, what we've learned around here is that the once you start developing a crowd, you sort of have to, you can't play as often. It's sort of a thing because people, maybe, you know, it's Midwest. Maybe they only go out a couple times a month, a couple Saturdays a month. If you're, if you're playing every Saturday, maybe they're going to skip you over kind of a thing. And that's where we've, where we've sort of been talking about, hey, once you're starting to develop that crowd, maybe you lay back a little bit. Maybe you don't play as often in the area, um, which I'm sure is very unique to what you're doing down there, obviously being, what, three, four nights a week, something like that, right? Yeah, I mean, I play, yeah, study every week, yeah. Um, and, yeah, like you said, it's for, for me, it's a built-in crowd. It's, it's, it's a tourist destination, and in general, there's always a lot of people here. Um, there, ha there are nights where we play to nobody for a while right um or or just a couple people it's and and sometimes that can change on a dime too where you you like you turn around to tune and then you turn back around and literally there's 10 more people in the room i mean four bachelorette that, parties walk in at the same yeah, time yeah yeah absolutely that's that kind of stuff happens but so we're we're 
um, you know, yeah, we, we're lucky in that sense that we're here where we don't really have to do any promoting. We don't have to do any booking. We don't have, wow. to, we don't have to sell the band. We just have to show up and play. And that's it. Um, and here we definitely have to promote. I mean, everywhere. Got I mean, everywhere besides here, that's pretty much the case. And, you know, and I've been in that situation. So, I, so what I would say, I, I mean, if you're, you're in that market and you're doing well, and, you, and like you said, you have to scale back how many gigs you play. If you're doing well, you're drawing a crowd, then you need to expand your radius of where you want to totally. play. So you, and, and consider the, the, the facts about it, consider the reality of it. Like, okay, how far are we willing to travel? How, you know, how much time can we dedicate to this? Um, how much money do we want to make? And then do your research. Like, look, like I'm looking at a map right here uh, of, you know, Cedar Rapids. And I see Iowa city to the South yep. Davenport to the Southeast Waterloo to uh, Northwest uh, Des Moines to, to yep. the West. Um, so, so are there opportunities in those locations and, and are you willing to travel that f for that purpose? And if you are, then that's where you're going to start to see growth and that's where you're going to start to see more success and, and more money. Um, it does a lot of things, you know, it does, it, it, it creates more camaraderie with the band. It gives you more experience. It gets the, the more you play, the better you're going to get. Um, and you start to make more money and, and you can grow, grow, grow from there. Um, you know, there's bands that, that travel, uh, you know, thousands of miles to play a cover gig for real. Totally. Um, you know, there's a band that's here and they're called the Molly Ringwalds and they do, Oh, nice. Man. Yeah. And they do the 80s show, man. They do the yep, 80s yep. stuff. They dress up like 80s characters and they pack rooms, um, all over the place and they have a bus, you know, they have a tour bus. Oh, hell yeah. That has their logo on the side and blah, blah, blah. And they travel, you know, probably as far as Iowa from New Orleans. Oh, wow. I, I feel like I've actually heard that name, to tell you the truth. So I think they probably have been in Iowa. Yeah. And they're they're good musicians, that, and they but they just had a great idea, and they all stuck with it. And they just, they believed in, in this vision, um, and they just, they just did it, and they still do it. Um, so it's really, like, I wrote this book. And I'm going to plug my book here. It's called Cover Band Riches. Please, go ahead. Yeah, it's called Cover Band Riches. It's available on the website, coverbandcentral.com. And it is um, basically the blueprint for for doing, for making the most in the whole cover band scene, making the most money, playing the most gigs, playing the best gigs. Best and, gigs, yep. Yeah, and it's the stuff that I've learned over the years from doing it, and it's stuff that I learned from studying other bands that do it. And it's it's the essential tools and you know i've written a ton of articles that are free that you can read on the website too um, but the book just kind of narrows it down to all right here's your steps do these things and you will see success um, but it's about taking action it's not you can read it you can learn it but you need to take the action and actually do it and once you do it you can't not succeed it it, it can't not work it's because it's the, the formula that works for everybody and you know, part of that is, and that's you know, part of that is what yeah, I'm telling I'm you. Pick that up, man, because I think I think really it's 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 so it's so important to learn from people that have been there and have done it and have put the time in. And you know, maybe you're not going to agree with everything that you say in your book, but can you take three fourths of that and really imply it and and put it into your practice? Like 100, percent that that's going to make you better. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, because I, I mean, I don't, there's 24 points in the book and I don't even practice all of them consistently right. be, because of the situation I'm in. Um, but I know that they work. And and it, for me, it's kind of a reference tool. Even though I wrote it, I'll still go back and read and like make sure, am I doing this? Am I doing this? <laughs> I got to follow my points. Am I doing that yeah. point number two? You know, it's, it's just like anything else. It's like fundamentals, like... Um, you know, I'm a big sports fan, and I think that what makes a su successful athlete is somebody that really practices the fundamentals consistently. Um, you need to, like, you know, if, if you're a baseball player, you need to get out, and they do it before every game. You need to get out and just throw the ball around uh, and and make sure you can catch it and pick it up and throw it to the right place, and, and you take batting practice, and those are the fundamentals of doing that. So the same as with being a successful band or musician, you need to learn the fundamentals and then you need to practice them and keep doing it. Keep doing it. You never stop. 
and yeah, that's where people kills man yeah if, dude if, once you think you've okay i've made it i've i've know everything there is to know that that's the minute you're going to start regressing yes absolutely true dude yeah and and that's no, awesome man and regardless of what level you're at you, you you're never going to you know be at the make it spot you know you're you're always going to have to refine and adjust and change and and, and grow and learn it, it doesn't matter how successful you've been. That's always going to be the case. And, and that's something that I really tried to drive home with, with CBC folks. And um, not everybody gets it, but those who do get it, they, they persevere and they, they have some success. So that's the thing I really do. I, I really enjoy about the whole thing is, I, again, first and foremost, I'm a music fan. So I love seeing bands like discovering new bands or discovering new singers or guitar player or whatever that are that are out there killing it. I'm like, uh, that's oh, what gets yeah. that's the juice for me, man. That's what really makes me feel like oh, I'm doing something valuable here. I'm providing something valuable for people. And you're probably getting some I'm sure you're getting some feedback, just some personal messages coming in saying, dude, thanks for this website. Thanks for your book. Thanks for for spending time on this and, and, and helping all of us out. I, I get it. I don't get it a lot. <laughs> I get. <laughs> You're like, come on, man, give me some more. <laughs> I, well, I get complaints too. It's a challenge, man, running a Facebook group and a, a Facebook big Facebook group, man. That that's almost that's almost too big to police, don't you think? It it has become very challenging lately. Actually, I, I turned off the post permissions the other day on in the group, which is fifty one thousand plus people. Oh, because Jesus! Because it, it, it was getting out of hand, where because people start you know there's hot button topics that come up and then people start to get very passionate i guess about what their point of view is on it and then people start to get rude and that's been happening consistently and and um especially over the last year since it's grown to this size and um what ends up happening is i get notifications constantly all day and my phone gets blown up like <laughs> this report is being th- this this comment is being reported. This post is being reported. This Jeez. you know, and people sending me messages like you need to shut up, blah blah blah. You know, like, <laughs> like I mean, what? Who's blah blah blah? Yeah, <laughs> and it just and it happens every day. So I I had to kind of stop the bleeding for a second and just shut off the post permissions. And I'm trying to to figure out what to do next. I I have a membership group on Facebook. It's called Cover Band Central Musicians which is a subscription-based group, and it's the same format as a, a Facebook group, but it's for a, a, a subscription private, price. Right? It's $3.99 yeah. a month, um, $3.99, four bucks. That's, that's nothing. Yeah, that's nothing. Um, and the idea is to kind of weed out the people that are trolls and the people that are rude and the people that are uh, uh, not following the guidelines and to just get people in there that really want to learn and, and help each other out and, and have... Uh, a safe space um so uh that i started a, a few weeks ago and it's got like 23 24 people in there which oh is nice not, not a lot yet but um you know i've gotten a lot of backlash from people saying like oh, i'm not paying for something that's <laughs> you're like free. okay then don't pay it <laughs> Jesus. yeah, yeah I, I mean i've gotten a lot of people just being rude to me about it but whatever well and funny thing steve is i i I've told uh, our members we're, we're about 600 strong, you know, we're, we're a town of 250,000 or so, but we're, we're kind of growing by the day, just, just trying to create a little tight knit community. And I, I just told everybody I said, Hey, I'm going to be talking to Steve. Do you got any questions? And some of them I've already touched on, but there was a, there was a, a, a she'll, she'll, she'll definitely want me to ask you this. And I'd love to know your honest opinion on it. But she said, she said, unpopular opinion. I think CBC Facebook forum is exclusionary and allows blatant misogyny by its members. And I think, I think you kind of touched on that. It's like, it's, it's pretty hard to like, to, to police some of that stuff. And I'm sure we're kind of in a male, a, a male dominant world sort of in this music business that we're in that, that, um, I'm sure you can't always be on top of some of that stuff, can you? Yeah, because of the quantity of people in there and the, the, the frequency of posts and comments, I cannot read everything every day. Oh, totally. Um, but I understand her point, and I sympathize with her, and I feel bad. And, and um, 
I, I hate that because I love women, and I, I and oh, I love women musicians. And um, oh heck yes! And yes, it's male dominated. The 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 majority of people that are in the CBC group are males between forty five and fifty five years old. That is the the yeah. biggest demographic in there. Um, so yeah, they're you know women are outnumbered, and. Uh, you know, a lot of guys in there are very respectful, but there's, you know, you get your, your bad seats that are just disrespectful to women or just disrespectful in general. And that's totally, and that's something that, yes, daily I have to police. I have to, I have to take action on, which is, um, you know, it's, and it I, comes with the territory. Yeah, man. it does, but it's not, group. it's not something I really anticipated at this level, you know, getting to this this number of people i didn't realize that it was going to be so daunting um, right and that's why i kind of had to put the kibosh on everything for now um but i think that's the right way to go though which way oh no just kind of you know start start turning off like like you said on the on the form start turning off the posts and you know creating the private groups i think that's sort of sort of a great next step for you I hope so. I mean, I I don't know. I really would. I really want to value my own time. I've been doing this for free for five years, and yeah. and I think I need. I deserve to to get some to get compensated for for creating this, but I also want to make sure it is providing value for people. Because if if people are coming in that group, and they they're getting harassed or or just having a negative negative experience then then I'm I'm not pro- providing value for them so I want to make sure that that I'm providing value for people that's that's yeah. utmost well I I'm tell you what we're going to we're going to help spread the word about that private forum I think there are a lot of people in our community that would really you know, they really take this seriously and they really do want to learn. Um, and they listen to all these podcasts and they, they check, check anything they can that that's information. So I think we'll definitely have to push your, your private group. Cause I think that sounds like a great space for not, you know, right here, it's just people locally, but to be able to start now having people nationwide, probably even worldwide, eventually start talking about their communities. I think that's, that's going to help anybody that wants to invest in that grow big time. Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, the the CBC group is is worldwide in the pages, and it's got people from over fifty countries Jesus, in there. Jesus. Yeah, I know it's crazy, right? <laughs> yeah, but I just I started with the membership group. I started today. Um, I I went in and I did a, a live broadcast, which I do often. I don't know if you've seen. I, I do them often on the on, in the group, but I'm doing them in the membership membership group too. And I, I went in there today and I encouraged everybody to come in and do a similar video, just do like a one minute or two minute video oh, nice. introducing themselves saying, hey, I'm so and so from blah, blah, blah. And I play this and my band is this and and these are my reasons for being here. And, and that's it. And um, so far, I got a couple people that did it. Um, I know it's uncomfortable for a lot of people to, to right. be on video and talk to Especially cameras. musicians, right? Isn't that kind of a, a weird yeah. thing that. Musicians are on stage and they want the limelight, but yet it's also kind of hard to just do that stuff, you know. It's hard for anybody. It's because it's it's you're being very vulnerable when you when you're doing that, and it's hard for people to to be that vulnerable. But I think if people get on board with that idea, then it'll be so, uh, so much more of a tight knit community where it's like now I've seen your face and I've heard your voice and I see the passion in your eyes and I know what you're. I know what your struggles are and and I think that will get people much more invested in helping other people and and learning and um I I hope to kind of cultivate that sort of community from what I've already created um so this way like there's a girl there that that's been in the CBC group for a long time and she joined the membership group her name's Marianne and she plays bass and she's from um uh, Australia and um she's super cool and and so it's like now i can connect with somebody that's on the other side of the world in real time and learn something from them and they can learn something from me and and that to me is priceless um that opportunity so so yeah i hope it works we'll see well uh, we're, we're definitely i'm i'm immediately signing up later tonight i'll tell you that for sure man cool. i mean i that, that's 399 are you kidding me that's, that's nothing yeah, it's, and for for I'm sorry. And yeah. to learn from people like you, man, like 
you know, I, I, I do think I, I do know some things I've been around here. I've been playing for 20 something, 25 years, but at the same time, then I've got guys like you and, and other people that know more than I do that I can still learn from and knowledge is power in this business, man. And, and I think anybody should strive for that. Yeah. Thank you, dude. Uh, um, I look forward to having you be a part of it. Um, that's, that's killer. Um, there's also uh, one of my motivated, one of the things that I was motivated by when I first started CBC was education. I wanted, I set out right from the get go for this to be, um, inspirational, educational, and entertaining. Those were my three criteria that that I wanted to have. And music education for me, like I told you before, how I started was, was vital for, for my growth as a musician. And I think it's really important for kids to learn music and learn how to play music. So 25% of the proceeds from that $3.99 of that, you know, for the subscription, I'm donating to VH1 Save Music, which is oh, which nice. is about music education in schools. It's about um, donate, uh, getting instruments in schools, um, funding music programs, uh, hiring teachers and things like that. So um, so for the lifetime of that membership group, 25% of all the proceeds are going to that cause because I think it's essential, it's vital, essential, mandatory that we educate our kids and get them into music um, because there's so many benefits from it, even if you don't. Dude, it's huge. And not, and not just the benefits, man. Like I just, I don't know if you notice it, but I just don't know if kids like when we were kids we saw a guitar and we saw a drum set and that was the only thing we wanted to do but i don't know if that's happening anymore i don't know if kids are young kids are starting bands and picking up guitars and i i would hate to live in a world where people aren't creating music and playing in bands and dude you're you're you hit the nail on the head we gotta we gotta educate these kids and get them the ability to to get into music and fall in love with it like yeah, we did. It is happening though, because there's people that are, are, are my age that are, that are parents that are, oh, that are yes. you know, that are musicians, that are parents and they're, and they're imparting to their kids, you know, this is something that, that, that really enhanced my life and it could enhance yours. I mean, my niece, I have a niece who's 15 years old, plays saxophone and she's a brilliant person. She's just a very smart person and she's really good at, at art everything that she does artistically is really good so she's fortunate where she's in a school where she has a music program where she can study and learn this stuff that's so, so great yeah so i so it, it and because my brother is a huge music fan so he's completely oh, supports totally. her he's not a musician but he's just a music fan and he supports her um so i think there's you know hundreds of thousands of people like that out there that are, are raising the next generation who want to pass that on so i want to make sure that this the tools are available for these people for the kids to 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 learn that and you have these incredible programs like school of rock um which which is nationwide um that that uh supports and and uh supplies this this opportunity for for kids to play so um and and the the thing too dude I, i that i talk about and i've written about it too the the people the, the artists the, the the musicians that we grew up with the icons they're passing away and they're getting older yep. and you know from you know the heyday of rock 60s 70s 80s eventually they're going to all be gone you know yep. And, yep. but a good song is a good song it's always going to be a good song and people will always like the want to enjoy the live music experience so we're going to need people out there to be playing those playing songs. The covers, right? You know, in 50 years, somebody's still going to want to see a, a, an Elton John tribute band. Or oh, heck a, yes, they're Prince, same or thing. Prince or Pink Floyd or Zeppelin yep. or whatever. It's still, it's, it's going to endure just as music from hundreds of years ago has endured. It, it's, so we need to support that um, that whole thing, the, the the next generation and then the generation after that, we need to keep this alive. And and I and that's a big part of my motivation with with CBC is to celebrate the the people that are the music. You know, it's it's all about the music. It's about celebrating those songs and those bands and respecting them and honoring them and and carrying the torch 
for the next generation and so on so that people still get to enjoy that and and love it and live it and that's it well man i don't i don't know if there's a better possible way to end to end our chat than that man i mean i i've kept you long enough and and you've said some amazing things so um steve i appreciate you being with us my friend and i hope the hope we get to continue to talk down the road i'm definitely gonna be joining the group um and and you know dude i'm gonna push everybody towards your stuff because i think uh i think this really took the veil away from just the the oh my god cover band central huge facebook page to hey there's a man behind it and this is why he started it and that's that's why i reached out to you man so i really appreciate you being here with us thanks